0: Hey, it's Sean, Tony, and Scott as usual. Hello. Hello. Hey, and uh, we're going to another top five list. Yes. Because uh, we love lists and we like ranking things. We
1: did, and we got positive feedback on the last one, so we thought we'd try it again.
0: Yes, yes. we did. And thank you for the feedback, everybody.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank because you. you know we we have to uh, you know appeal to our listeners, so.
0: I feel the like right I'm point. a slave to the listener, and the listener wants me to do something. I'll do it. Yes, so my record is saying that now. This is great.
1: He's a people pleaser. Yes.
0: <laughs> we're oh going God. into a de- kind of a deep dive list here. Yes. Uh, we're focusing on one single filmmaker.
1: Well, I think we should note that it is October.
0: It is October. Oh, currently, yeah.
1: currently, listeners, it is a dark and stormy Sunday evening in October in Columbus, Ohio, and it's raining and thundering and lightning. And we just consumed homemade malt apple cider. (laughs) We are in full fall fledge here at Cinema Wheeler Tay.
0: We are indeed. And I don't think there's a a director that epitomizes the atmosphere that we're currently experiencing.
1: There's candles, guys.
0: Candles, thunderstorms.
1: Open windows. Leaves rustling about.
0: 50 degree weather. Yes. Black cats.
1: And cats with pearls.
0: (laughs) Cats with pearls. (laughs) Everything necessary to discuss... The work of the late great legendary Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the lists, we wanted to talk a little bit about Hitchcock in general, and, mm-hmm. and I think he's such a—he's uh, a figure that kind of looms large over cinema, you know, because almost well, every let's not make fun of his weight. I was just
2: going <laughs> to say, literally and
1: figuratively.
0: <laughs> I, I hear he was very—he
1: uh... was large.
0: Well, yeah, he, he was, was a large was, man. Insecure about his.
1: Well, his well I'm weight. sure he was. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you look at him, he looks like Uncle Fester or something from the Adams family. And that's a perfect look for this guy. Did
1: Was he the inspiration for Uncle Uncle Fester? I don't Did know. I wonder? I wonder oh, now. Yeah.
0: That's something I'm going to have to research now to see yeah. if there's a correlation there. That's a great... Uh, yeah.
1: Oh, can you hear the rain?
0: There he goes. There it goes. Perfect, yes. once again, for... Hitch
1: is with us. He is. <laughs>
0: he's, he's coming in. He knew we were recording this right so now. So you better
1: watch what you say, Sean.
0: <laughs> I, I will. I'll, I'll be on my best behavior. Um, I probably want to go across the table like how did you guys come across Hitchcock in general? Like what got you into Hitchcock? We won't discuss specific movies but you know just kind of go around how you became aware of Hitchcock as a figure in pop culture.
3: I, I mean I don't remember not being aware of him because he was like when I was younger I knew him as a master of suspense. I thought I, I had not seen his movies so it was more or less just I thought he was like a horror director not seeing his movies because they always said Master of Suspense. Like, oh, he directs horror movies. He's like, you know, when I would think of John Carpenter now, <laughs> which is far from the truth. He did not make those type of movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when someone's describing Alfred Hitchcock to you and you're like eight or, you know, a young kid, Master of Suspense is like, oh, suspense is horror. Mm-hmm. And that's not, he did, I think he made horror movies, but uh, um, I don't think that's his uh you know when you actually watch his movies there are a lot more than that so um it wasn't until i was adult and i actually saw his movies which was probably a lot in the last 15 years when i actually really saw his movies that i was like oh he's you know he's everything everybody says about him he's a great then i more or less appreciate him as a great filmmaker (laughs) but uh I don't remember not knowing who he was. He was probably the most famous director outside of Spielberg when you grew up. So um, so that's my uh,
0: <laughs> No, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> Go ahead, Tim. Yeah,
1: you know, for me, um, having been a, a theater buff in high school, I think that's really when I was first introduced to Alfred Hitchcock. Um, you know, you've heard the name growing up, and I knew he did suspense and murder mysteries and, and horror and, things of that nature, but I don't really remember seeing very many of his movies. I do remember um, the Alfred Hitchcock Presents, because I, I liked the theme music,
2: mm-hmm. you know, dun, dun, yeah. dun, dun,
1: dun, and him stepping into his profile I thought was funny, um, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until I got into high school that I really kind of started to explore Hitchcock as a director and, and really watch his movies, and yeah. I mean, naturally... It's so hard not to to fall in love with his direction and his style and aesthetic and you know the MacGuffin and everything about what makes what makes a Hitchcock movie a Hitchcock movie and mm-hmm. um, you know it's funny because nowadays I. I I've watched certain movies, and I said to myself, oh, that's a modern-day Hitchcock movie, or you can mm-hmm. see the nods to the Hitchcock style. So, I mean, hence the, the phrase Hitchcockian, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think one of the first Hitchcock movies I ever really remember seeing was To Catch a Thief. Mm-hmm. And naturally, you know, that was because Mr. Cary Grant. <laughs> um, but, uh, and that's a great one to start with. I think it's, it's so romantic. And, well, we'll talk more about yeah. that one later. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we may. (laughs) Um, For me, you know, it was really, um, I think the first time I heard about Alfred Hitchcock, and I remember specifically focusing on him, was reruns of Alfred Hitchcock Presents Mm -hmm. on TV. I never actually watched any of the full episodes. I just remember the opening credits Mm -hmm. where he would come up to his silhouette and go, good evening, and he would go into a spiel and the theme song and I feel like I didn't watch the actual episode so I couldn't recall <laughs> that was a like single me too. Episode. yeah
1: but you were that, 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 that intro was so iconic
0: yeah you know that's all you needed yeah. and, and so I just thought he was a TV star then I found out he was this massively popular massively influential filmmaker you know that directed all these great movies with these mm-hmm. huge movie stars and that it's like oh he's a much bigger deal than just a host of a TV show he, he has a, a whole legacy in front of him yeah and when I in college, I really got heavily... After the AFI released their 100 Greatest Movies of All Time list, they had like four Hitchcock films. Mm-hmm. And I was drawn to the footage I, 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 I watched of those films because they were so compelling that I ended up going to all the classics and uh, became a huge Hitchcock fan. In fact, he's definitely my top three favorite mm-hmm. filmmakers of all time. So it's very sure. easy to find movies to put up for a top five Hitchcock list. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, he directed over fifty movies, over six decades. Yeah, yeah some like like kind of Hollywood's
1: top stars.
0: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yes, a long, for sure. A very long career, you know. So, and made
3: cameos in multiple movies. I mean, that uh, was, pretty
1: like, much all of his movies. He was a Stan of
3: Lee thing. of his time. He was.
0: <laughs> yes, he, was. <laughs> he and Stan Lee are probably competing for the. Do you want to know years. why
1: he did that in his early movies that he couldn't afford? budgetary reasons. He couldn't really afford to pay extras, So, but he needed a filler. Yeah. So he would just stand in and, and do it, and then it became a thing. You know, sort of his... Yeah, they became more yeah, cheeky exactly, as he went Exactly, exactly. Some of them are yeah. very
3: hard. To, the, uh-huh. the later ones are more...
1: In passing. He, right.
3: The early ones are more like... he's. Some of them are faraway shots where he's walking down the street, and you have to know... Yeah. But then later on, they're more, you know, more apparent. Mm-hmm. You know, they're more... They're more the humor of the movie. Sure, is him it's him it.
1: doing that, yeah. So. It's almost like the where, Where's Waldo of film. Yeah, you know exactly. Like,
3: that's what I like about Hitchens? it.
2: <laughs>
0: exactly.
3: <laughs> yeah, but they do... They're more, the later ones are more like the Stan Lee, mm-hmm. where it's, they make sure you know the exactly. cameos, there and you yeah. laugh, and he's usually doing something
0: fun or, or silly. Yeah, he'll have a cowboy hat on or something. Yeah, like that. exactly. Was, people love it, though. When, when you watch those movies in the theater, and the Hitchcock cameo comes yeah. up, Uh, The crowd goes nuts Mm -hmm. every time. It's still fail-safe.
1: Well, you know, and Hitchcock had a really great sense of humor. If you've ever seen him in interviews... um, You know, earlier today I was watching this... It's like a trailer preview that they were making for Psycho. And it was Hitchcock on the set of Psycho. Like at the hotel and in the home in the background. And he was describing to the viewers where he was and what it was, and they do, like, a home tour mm-hmm. of the home, and, and he's describing the characters and the people that live there, and it's really cheeky and humorous mm-hmm. um, and funny, you know, really yeah. funny.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and he just had a really good sense of, of, of humor and of saying things and phrasing things and, and even his uh, – because he, he almost sort of – he almost had, like, a disinterested personality – Mm-hmm. You know, like he seemed like he didn't care to be there or whatever. But, but he did, you know, yeah. and that, that was sort of funny about him.
0: It was droll. He
1: exactly. Was just a very, droll very, very yeah. He could
3: be hard on uh some of the actresses that he you know. Yes, he could. <laughs> so it was there were two multiple he size had standards. To, Yeah. Yeah. Timmy um, oh, yeah. he was hard on, I know for sure.
1: And mm-hmm. and uh, Yeah, I mean he ruined her career. Hey. Sabrina's, <laughs> Sabrina's
0: <talking laughs> in. Yeah, made a cameo. She
1: says too. that Hitch was hard on her.
0: <laughs> yeah. He was. Never worked with Audrey Hepburn, by the way. That's no. Something we... no,
1: but I would like to point out, because it's it's imperative that I always include something about Audrey Hepburn in all of our podcasts, yes. that, fun fact, she was actually going to star in a Hitchcock movie and had to drop out because she was pregnant with her first child. Oh. And she had complications with... Um, miscarriages and, and prior to that, so she really wanted to focus on the pregnancy and um, take care of herself, so that way she didn't lose another baby.
0: Which one was it? Scott. It was. Uh, I can have it for you. It was.
1: It was like a flop. It ended up not being a big thing.
0: Uh, it might have been in the '60s. I'm thinking. It was '59. Yeah, it was '59. Uh, um, hold up.
1: Because she had her first baby in 1960. Hmm. Yeah. Right before she uh, filmed Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh wow!
0: Did not know that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, yeah, because her first son, whose name is Sean, spelled just like yours, <clears throat> would come on set on Breakfast at
2: Tiffany's.
0: And I want to reveal that it is me.
2: What? <laughs> How did I not know? You?
0: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no I'm not Audrey <laughs> Hepburn's <laughs> long lost love child. No. So it was. Uh, uh, it's got kind
1: of an awkward name, and I can't ever remember it.
3: Yeah, it wasn't most. It was,
1: I don't know what it was. What was it? Um, something about a judge? Was it about a judge or something?
3: I think it was a movie that they both
0: dropped out of eventually. Okay. Oh, so. oh I'll have to look into that a little bit. Yeah, later.
1: I can't remember the name. It, it, the movie really never amounted to anything.
0: Yeah. If any of the listeners know which film we're talking about, please feel free to, to mention Wait, it. Wait, I got it. I got it.
3: It's uh, Give
0: me a second here.
3: It is... Um. Okay.
1: Well, I while he's it. finding it again, <laughs> I will say this much, that this
3: is
0: great. I've
1: always felt that Charade was like the Hitchcock movie that never was, with Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn. I
0: agree wholeheartedly. It had a great director, totally. too. Totally. Yeah. Sydney. Yeah. Uh, it oh, just, it was no bail for the judge. That's
1: it. I knew that somebody was uh, to but do both with the
0: neither of them did it, so. Okay. Um, Probably but for I the was, best. But I always <laughs> felt like
1: Charade would have been a great Hitchcock movie with...
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think it was Stanley Donnan who directed Singing in the Rain who ended up Mm -hmm. directing it, but it has a Hitchcockian. It feels like a 50s Hitchcock. It does.
1: It really does. And Um, of course, Carrie and Audrey, you know, my favorites. Yes. Such a great movie. If you've never seen Charade, check it out.
0: Yes. I will add, one uh, one of my favorite actresses will also be mentioned several times in this podcast. When I put, yes, (laughs) (laughs) when I would put on the level of Audrey Hepburn, you know, in terms of, grand appeal Uh, especially for a male perspective you know oh yeah
1: absolutely Princess Grace Kelly
0: yes yes she'll come up in a couple of times Her Royal Highness sometimes the artistry fails falls down downward for me in terms of you know you could have her reading a film book and I'll probably be entertained she she had a beautiful Uh,
1: voice too yeah she did she 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 would be nice reading a
0: transatlantic accent wasn't full full, (laughs) (laughs) full, Wouldn't
3: uh,
2: (laughs)
1: wouldn't it be wonderful if like Cary Grant uh I don't know, like, did, like, whenever you called, you know, the BMV or something, it was just Cary Grant, like, giving you the prompts? Mm-hmm.
2: Wouldn't well, that be fabulous? Oh will Dial
1: five if you need to renew your
2: license.
0: That would be great. Yeah. So, I think it's uh, about time we can dive into our individual top five lists for Hitchcock. Um, I'm excited about doing this episode, by the way. This is a really fun topic. Yeah, this is, a really yeah, cool this is
3: uh, these are our top five favorite, uh, Hitchcock movies personal favorites
0: for each of us. So. Actually, exactly. Like, this
1: is the part in the podcast where we enter the dun dun,
2: dun, dun, dun. <laughs> The suspense is getting to us.
0: Yes. So we're going to start with Scott. And let's go with your your my number top five. 5 favorite
3: Hitchcock movies.
0: So number 1 is has been
3: previously uh our oh, number 5, I'm sorry. <laughs> my first my first mention fifth favorite. So <laughs> Oh a a Could anybody a more? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make the suspense the fifth my fifth favorite. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so my fifth favorite uh, Hitchcock movie is To Catch a Thief. So um this is uh, I just like this. It's it's a just to see <laughs> I just like this. I just like this. <laughs> Tony, yours? <laughs> no. Um I think it's a great movie to see two impossibly beautiful people in the same you know and
1: let's add a beautiful backdrop the French Riviera
3: oh yeah I mean this movie is just a beautiful movie it's, and it's just childish. kind of fun to, to see I don't know if but it, it, today's they're not like uh, um Cary Grant's not like cast perfectly as a as a cat burglar <laughs> <laughs>
2: Carry um, <laughs> Grant can be
1: anything, yeah. he's, anything, he's anywhere, anytime. <laughs> can we talk about him in the ascot?
3: Oh yeah, the and ascot. The it, ascot in this it, sweater. Kudos
1: people. to Edith Head.
3: Beautiful people wearing really fancy clothes.
1: Also, I touched that ascot in that suit jacket. Remember when oh. we went to the Paramount Studios?
3: Yes, you did. I and wasn't allowed to, it, but him. I did. <laughs> But they let you off, they didn't arrest you or
1: anything. I said to the guy, This is Cary Grant's <laughs> suit.
0: There it was. We all saw it live in front of us and it was, you know, and it Tony. Was so silky it, it, it's it's not
3: the most suspenseful. It's just a charming movie. So It's it, a romantic it's, comedy. Yeah, it's just a romantic comedy and um yeah, it's just a. it's good to see Cary Grant and Grace Kelly just charm each other and mm-hmm. people in Hitchcock movies fall in love really fast. I know this, you know, mm-hmm. from watching them. It's like they kiss once, and then they're, you
0: know, in love. But, uh, they're also usually neurotic and psychotic, <laughs> too. So exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. These two people aren't. No, um, they aren't. Even though they're... They're
1: very even-headed. I love Grace yeah. Kelly's character. She's very strong-minded, knows what she wants. Maybe maybe yeah. uh,
3: mm-hmm. the uh, the French girl that Cary Grant has. Oh, that yeah, loves. in the beginning. She could be maybe a little bit off-edge. Uh, yeah.
2: Um, She's jealous.
3: But yeah, it's, it's rich people... It, they're, they're, I love when Hitchcock has a lot of rich people around. Those, does, does more. There's a weird, like ball at the end of it where they're dressed like
1: a weird ball.
3: <laughs> they're dressed like in, in the 17th century. It's kind of strange, but.
1: Uh, well, speaking of the outfits, I mean, Edith Head did a phenomenal job. The clothing in this yeah. movie is among my mm-hmm. favorite in any movie. The black and white outfit that Grace wears. Fairly in the beginning when she's getting ready to go out to the pool. Oh, it's it's gorgeous. And her pink outfit that she wears when they go on the drive. How about the guy that's doing doing all that?
3: Like Beach Bone that's doing all the pull ups.
1: He's okay. (laughs) 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 I love her bathing suit. And I mean, Cary Grant in the sweater with that ascot. Come on. It's just perfection. (laughs)
3: Lots of cars. Corvettes. Lots of Corvettes.
1: It's a very dreamy, um, whimsical glossy movie and I love that about it.
3: So that's my number five, like Catch a Thief. Tony, what's your number five? My
1: number five is North by Northwest.
3: Oh, Cary Grant.
1: Uh, I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. Cary Grant running around in a suit. (laughs) 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 Enough said. Um, No, it's just a really kooky movie and I like it. I love the chase about it. It really is one of those movies that kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat and you're constantly questioning who's authentic and who's not even Cary Grant himself Roger Mm Thornhill
2: um
1: you're with him in the beginning but then towards the middle you start to feel like okay is this guy really who he says he is Mm -hmm. and then you know Eva Eva Marie Saint's character I I just love the dynamic between the two of them and the scene with them in the um train car Mm -hmm. I just I it's just a fun um a really fun movie and for its time, there was it was very adventure packed. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. he, he was scaling, you know, Mount or um, no scaling on
2: Mount Rushmore, Rushmore and yeah.
1: running from the the plains and the cornfields, and I mean, I would there was say just his, always something going it's, on. It's
0: most epic movie in terms yeah, of his, like, the scene with him running.
1: Dumb, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh yeah, it's epic, and it has those two great set pieces you mm-hmm. mentioned. And I've always felt like it was, in a weird way, a precursor and an influence on James Bond movies. Totally. Because yes. they subsequently started coming out like a few yes. years after North by Northwest, but I feel like... Well, Cary Grant, I think, is would be by, a, by him himself. If if Bond...
3: He would have been the James Bond. I don't think there was any question Cary Grant would have been James Bond had those movies come out 10, 20 years earlier. Oh, yeah. Because he's... I was watching The
0: Catch a Thief. It's the same thing. He's like, this is James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the same antics, yeah. of womanizing, everything. Yeah, I, I think he's he was so based debonair,
1: on. and yeah. Yeah, I mean everything about him.
0: Yeah, one of the things also I love about North by Northwest is it's almost a quintessential Cary Grant performance because mm-hmm. it, it it's a perfect blend of kind of the debonair, sophisticated Cary Grant, and also the comedic Cary mm-hmm. Grant. I and mean, he's one of the best comedic actors oh, we have yeah. ever had. He could do slapstick, physical yeah. comedy. Yes. He in he's this romantic perform- <laughs> too, you
2: know. He, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I mean, he can be bumbling one minute and the butt of a joke, and then the next minute he's the most sophisticated romantic human mm-hmm. being alive. I mean, that's that's the genius of Cary Grant mm-hmm. how he could pull all those sides off.
1: Yeah, that's the charm for sure. I mean,
0: mm-hmm. and it's nerve wracking because you feel for the guy. He's on the lam the whole movie, yes. and it's nothing he did. He no. just ends up in this weird situation. Um,
2: yeah.
0: Even Marie Saint's a great actress. Mm-hmm. She. Uh, if you watch On the Waterfront when she's opposite Marlon Brando, she's very intense, animated, a lot of method acting. Mm-hmm. Here she's going into the quintessential Hitchcock wand. Yeah. The, cool the icy cool blonde. And yeah.
1: she well, the thing I like about Eva Marie Saint in this movie is she wasn't icy. She even was humorous. She had mm-hmm. a great sense of humor. I liked how her and Carrie kind of played off of each other. Like she gave it to him and he gave it to her. Um Whereas I mean, I like I lo- I like Cary Grant and Grace Kelly together. I mean, visually they're two of the most again beautiful people yeah. during that time in Hollywood. But there's a there's something like missing a little bit for me chemistry wise. Whereas with Eva Marie Saint, um, there's a a spark there, kind of like they there's it's a match. You know, I mean they're equally as good looking
2: yeah. and
1: and they're both as stylish and as elegant. But I like how she. Um, at least the character, the way the character is written, I like how she sort of gives it to him and it's very playful and, um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I enjoy that. Yeah. That cat and mouse.
0: Cat and mouse. interplay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, and it's a
1: little bit more, I think, natural for her and Carrie than, than it is in To Catch a Thief with him and Grace. Yeah. It still seems very cinematic with him and Grace, like going oh, up the top. impossible, exactly.
3: Yeah, like,
2: yeah, but but amazing. in this
1: movie, it seems yeah. really authentic. Like yeah. like you could really have that sort of interaction and that experience. Um, in the train car and everything.
2: Yeah,
0: it's a great script. How she has the menu,
1: like she's eyeing him the whole time. You know, I just think it's cute. Yeah,
0: it, it's a fantastic script too. I, I I think that's why that relationship really feels authentic mm-hmm. as it goes on because the script. Yeah. You know, renders them so well. Mm-hmm. It has some great villains too. James Mason, oh James Mason, yeah. and um, oh Martin goodness. Landau, especially, yes. is really creepy as the henchman. And he, he was in
1: yeah. Charade. He played one of the villains in Charade.
0: He did, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, oh, James Mason is so funny. Yeah, all I can think about is John Hamm's impersonation of him on the <laughs> Saturday Night Live. Vincent Price.
0: I love that, too. James Mason's a, another favorite of mine. He was in Kubrick's Lolita. So he's a guy who worked with Hitchcock He was Hitchcock a great Dan actor. Kubrick. He yeah. really was. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, but this is definitely, I feel like you said, a precursor to the James Bond movies. Even some of the Mission Impossible style, like mm-hmm. adventure movies. There, there's so many great elements in it that I think make it a fantastic film.
0: There's another tie with Mission Impossible. Martin Landau was on oh. the TV show. So that's how he became okay. a household name in a way. So yeah, so I'm sure the Mission Impossible, the creators Mission Impossible saw, for mm-hmm. <laughs> Northwest yeah. and went and land for their their Absolutely. show because so much of it was like you said was influenced by it.
1: Yeah, and it is of course stylish. Mm-hmm. It's got that '60s gloss about it, you know, yeah. which I love.
0: That great Technicolor. Mm-hmm. It's a great looking movie, and the set pieces hold up to this day. Like I love that that crop scene in and of itself is a great mm-hmm. short Prop film. Yeah. It's it, it, the silent, the silence of that, and mm-hmm. and just the. The genuine suspense you have of watching the other guy across the street mm-hmm. comes over, but then the plane starts coming around. And Cary it's,
1: Grant running through the.
0: Uh, it's wonderful. It's,
1: yeah. It's iconic, is mm-hmm. what it is.
0: So, my number five, and I want to caveat with my list saying there are a lot of movies that people might expect to be on my list because they're considered like the classics among classics. And it's not that I don't love those movies and think they're great, they are. But I went for what my personal favorites are, and in a way with the list, I'm trying to highlight some movies that may not be discussed as readily with Hitchcock. Although these are my probably my top five at, at this moment. So they're all from the silent era. <laughs> they're all they're all from 1924. Uh, no, no, they're actually in that 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 prime Hitchcock period. Um, but number five is. Todd is the same as Scott. It's to catch a thief. Which is number five. <laughs> I saw this re- recently because the Gateway Film Center here in Columbus every October runs Hitchcock Hitchcocktober, which is where they pretty much highlight all the yeah. classic, you know, Hitchcock movies we know and love. Yeah. The kids agree with me. Also, yeah, they, that they, they like
1: to catch a thief. Woo! Uh,
0: um but i i recently watched catch a thief on the big screen it's the second time i've seen it on the big screen and i loved it this time for the same reason scott kind of mentioned the chemistry between Cary grant and grace kelly grace kelly is number one for me she might be my favorite actress of all time there's just she is the dream female equivalent of you know like everybody has that for themselves oh. So there's that.
1: When it comes to blonde, she's probably my favorite blonde, but what can I say? I'm a brown hair, brown. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. You know, she and Audrey are actually contemporary, uh, very much contemporaries. They they both peaked at the same time. Absolutely. Uh, Except Grace moved out of the acting a little sooner than than Audrey did. They both moved out before their time, you know. But uh, hey, they didn't
3: have any, they had. Very little bad movies or bad yeah. performances, so that's good in
0: yeah. that way. It's true. Um, <laughs> I love the interplay. There's a scene in The catch and this is probably what brought it into my top five. I, mean, I think it's a really funny movie. It improves over repeated mm-hmm. viewings. I think you start to appreciate yeah. it more. It's more of a, a very light-hearted film for yeah. a each it's thought. It's a
1: rom-com, yeah. really, is yeah. that what
0: yeah. it is. Yeah. I mean, you know. But a really sophisticated, kind of interesting rom-com. Yeah. It's a little more... Nuanced than what you would normally get from something like that, but
1: for Hitch, it's a little bit heavier on the the comedy and the romance and the suspense. You know, like a movie like Rope, yeah, which is phenomenal. That was yeah. close to being my number five.
0: Um, there's a great scene that exemplifies what we're talking about too, with with the lightheartedness and the comedy. It's the scene uh, the French girl who's terrific in the movie mm-hmm. that ends up being yeah. the the villain of the mm-hmm. piece. Uh, Danielle, I think it's Brigitte Aubert, I think it's her name, the yeah. actress. There's a scene where she and Cary Grant are in the water, like, it's at the yes. beach. Yes. And they start, like, like flirting, quasi-flirting, <laughs> quasi-bickering. And Grace Kelly enters out of nowhere, like, I'd like to see what's going on here. And then they start... yeah. Uh, she calls Grace kind of old. Um, yeah. No, You know, that actress is a year older than Grace Kelly is. But she That's looks incredible. Young. Yeah. She looks so young. Yeah. She nearly steals the picture in certain spots, too, cause she's so good. And her yeah, play yeah. with Cary yeah. Grant is excellent. And when they confront each other on, on the rooftop towards mm-hmm. the end, when Cary Grant reveals to everybody who actually, the actual cat thief is. Yeah, was. he's like, I got 30 seconds to, and then I can drop you.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: That's very Hitchcockian, it's like... And there's a mother, as usual, in Hitchcock's oh, that kind yeah. of gets in, in the way a little bit. Not really. She's kind of flirting with Cary Grant mm-hmm. herself. Um, it's, it's a fantastic picture, and I highly recommend everybody checking it out if they haven't seen it. It's not, it doesn't get the same play nowadays that like, movies like Vertigo get. Mm-hmm. So, it, so yeah. catch
3: to catch a thief.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, my number four is probably a movie that a lot of people have a lot higher, which is uh, Vertigo. Is my number four best. Um, yeah, it's. Just, uh, I think most people, a lot of people, consider it the favorite, their favorite movie of all time. It's on a lot of the number one list. Uh, it's a very psychedelic movie in some aspects, and. Uh, uh, I think
1: Salvador Dali was hired to do the dream sequences. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's very different. Mm-hmm. If you. Uh, I've been watching Hitchcock movies recently, obviously, for this, and uh, it's definitely got a different vibe than the rest of them because mm-hmm. it's got the animation and
2: mm-hmm.
3: uh, it's got a great score. Uh, I, I think, Yeah, yeah, phenomenal. yeah. I think it's, it's definitely mm-hmm. score driven. I mean, that's just. Um,
1: the scene de Amor, the song is when, that plays when, yeah. he, when uh, he and Kim Novak kiss yeah. at the beach, is just so perfect.
3: Yeah, it's uh, you know, I think it's down a few matches because I think there's a few too many stalking scenes. <laughs> it's a lot of to be steward in the car, only. <laughs> So it's all right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but, well, uh, I,
1: I know what you're saying. Those scenes do seem maybe they, they, a they, take, a, they
3: and take a while, and, and, uh,
1: but it's creating that again that suspense. Yeah, and, I
2: mean, it's,
1: and I also think it's creating. I think it's it's sort of a metaphor in a way for the isolation that Scotty the mm-hmm. character's mm-hmm. name is Scotty. <laughs> yes, means, no, his name
3: is John Ferguson, but, but
1: they, they call, call him Scotty. <laughs>
3: yeah. But
1: but the isolation that he feels in his life, being removed from his job, not really having any relationships, uh-huh. you know, yeah. I think it's I think it's heightened in that way to show um, sort of this. Um, I don't know. I I don't want to say like um, dismal, but but like this sort of just. Definition in a way of like what this guy's life is like at that point mm-hmm. in time,
3: yeah. Point and it's, it's and great how the uh, um, I always laugh at the opening scene though because it's like the oldest people in the world jumping from rooftop to rooftop, <laughs> <laughs> it's like these 50 year old men <laughs> chasing after this crook and jumping through rooftops. I'm like, wow, this is <laughs> ridiculous! <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong, <laughs> you're yeah, like, not the most fleet of foot. I didn't know that cops. And, it's, it's like a, there's a Keystone cop, like, I'm going up, uh-huh. <laughs> and
2: you're like, cup. <laughs> and
0: And Jimmy Stewart, it's probably one of his last leading roles in a way. Like, I think after that, he wasn't getting as many leading roles into the early 60s. So. Well, yeah, and yeah. Jimmy Stewart, I think,
3: is the best Hitchcock actor. There's a lot of great ones, but I think he, his, he, he can play under the surface, Mm-hmm. And just with his eyes and just looking, you know, as good as any actor ever. Like, mm-hmm. you know what he's thinking, even if he's not saying anything. Oh, yeah. I
1: mean, he's in my top three. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So, um, I know you guys have a lot more to say about this movie, so we can go on to Tony's number four.
1: Tony's number four is Notorious. Oh! oh. Good
0: pick. Good pick.
1: Ingrid Bergman and uh, Sir Cary Grant. Um... Great movie. Have you guys seen it?
0: I have seen Notorious. I, I think saw we saw movie.
1: it at... at um, well, we might
0: have seen it we at We've seen Kappa. it together
1: at Kappa, I wouldn't say a year or two ago. Yeah, I think we all went. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think we all saw Notorious at Kappa mm-hmm. a few years ago at the summer movie series. Um, it's black and white. Uh, it's Ingrid Bergman and Cary Grant. And my guess is it was... I think it came out sometime in the late 40s. Yes, I believe
0: it was like 46 that, right? or so. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but it's just phenomenal. I mean, uh, first of all, Cary Grant, okay? Enough said. And (laughs) in Bergman, I mean, and then the the two of them, the chemistry they had was just phenomenal. And the storyline, um, this was a really high-packed, suspenseful movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course, like, like all the other Hitch, like most other Hitchcock movies, there's sort of, you know, you don't know who's good, who's bad, you know, what's really happening. Um... But I just think it's a great film that I feel often gets forgotten about when you mm-hmm. talk about Hitchcock and yeah. some of his really great pieces. Um, but it's one of my favorites.
0: Roger Ebert actually named it as one of Hitchcock's masterpieces, yeah. too. He, he was a big fan of the film. Uh, he right. said he would go between Notorious and Vertigo as his favorite mm-hmm. Hitchcock film. Mm-hmm. And I love Claude Raines in the movie. Claude yes. oh, Rains, yes. yes. my favorite And well, actors. there's
1: a darkness to this movie, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not just the fact that it's black and white, but but again, with that, you know, who's who's really truthful, who's not, who can you trust, what's happening. Um, and of course, Ingrid Bergman is is just so charming in this.
0: Mm-hmm. She is. Yeah, she was. You know,
1: and stylish courtesy of Edith Head. <laughs>
2: um,
1: but it's just fun. And I think I think she and Cary Grant have a wonderful chemistry as well. Um, this is not a Hitchcock movie, but if you've never seen Discreet, I have it. You can welcome to borrow it. It's in color. It's Cary Grant and Ingrid Bergman and it's just a really cute, cute movie. Um, uh, they work really well together, I think. Yeah. You know, because again, kind of like Eva Marie Saint, she's sort of a she is sort of a little bit more um domineering than somebody like Grace Kelly. And I think paired with Cary Grant, it's just cute, you know, because, like, he likes that strong woman that he can sort of play off of and that will give him that bite right back you know I like seeing him with women like that
0: oh yeah like a strong woman yeah, that can yeah. like Catherine take. Hepburn you yes know. Yeah. like in Philadelphia
1: yeah. Story the two of them were just so fantastic together exactly you, you, know.
0: want, you want to see that repartee between the yes, two of them yes yeah. like, in
1: Philadelphia Story I mean oh god okay. Catherine Hepburn Jimmy Stewart and Cary Grant <laughs> um
0: that's another favorite of mine totally you know?
1: mine too um which we need to do that we do need point. to do
0: that um get that on record get yes, that on
1: record the philadelphia story we've been
0: talking about it for years yes
1: we need to just do it um but yeah so i think you know for those reasons it's just a really fun movie and and yeah it is sadly i feel often forgot about or overlooked by some of his really popular fan favorites
0: I agree with that. I think Notorious. My mother, I'm gonna shout out to my mom. She's a big fan of Notorious Is she? as well. Wow, yeah. In right. fact, you and my mom probably share similar tastes with Hitchcock because she loves that movie, and she's always praised. My mom loves Cary Grant. I need to mention that. She's a yep,
1: great a woman fan. after my own heart. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and she loved. I mean, we grew up with, with Cary Grant movies in the background on AMC when we were kids, and she so loves Ingmar Bergman too. You know. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, she would agree with you too of the strong mm-hmm. women. Like the, yeah. that's, that's always been a favorite of hers. And I always like the movie too. I haven't seen it enough. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why it's not on my list because it had, I think it's a movie that grows on you and you mm-hmm. need to see more and more to appreciate yeah. it. Where it, mm-hmm. it's kind of ingrained in you. You know the
1: whole scene where they're driving drunk. Yeah, yeah. Just so I mean, you shouldn't be driving. There's a lot. Well, of, there's a lot of fun but,
0: driving, even in the kitchen.
1: Yeah, the exactly. really fast. Yeah, yeah, because you know, it's such well. a great setting to have yeah. an intimate scene somewhere like a car, yeah. where you can just really focus on the expressions and and being, you know, the conversation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, Notorious is phenomenal. Check it out if you've never seen it. Um, I was fortunate enough to see it on the big screen a few years ago, and that was a real treat.
0: I have too, and I, you know, I missed it playing this particular year, but you know, it's always one that I would enjoy. I mean, any, any Hitchcock movie is worth seeing on the big yeah. screen. My number four is another one that I have seen recently on the big screen, and it's a movie that grows on me because I'm starting to discover how beautifully weird and deeply weird this movie is, and it's it's not the reasons most people love it aren't necessarily the reasons that I'm responding to it as. More and more, the more I see it, and that's The Birds from 1963. Oh, yes. oh yeah. Yes. Um, everybody focuses on the birds, and that is beautifully done. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of the special effects aren't as effective as they might have been in 1963 with the birds going into Tippy Hedron yeah. and everything. That's what people remember. If and them
1: kind of beating in the house.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Coming into the house.
0: But if you watch this movie, Especially from the beginning, and it has that same hypnotic weirdness that Vertigo has, because Tippy Hedren essentially starts pleasantly stalking this guy in in San Francisco again. Mm -hmm. It's the same setting, Uh, and he he goes over to like this like little inlet, like two hours away from San Francisco, to stalk this guy she met in a shop Mm -hmm. who had seen her in court. Yeah. And you start realizing, like, Tippi Hedren's character is very odd in the beginning because mm-hmm. she seems to have a history, she seems to have been in trouble with the like a lot. She's like a socialite or something. Yeah, a socialite that, you know, has that kind of playful energy, and she, she, all she does is buy a canary from her own mm-hmm. shop and sends it over to him It leaves it in his house. She, she deliberately does it to be as creepy as possible without being creepy. It, it is painted as a rom-com the whole yeah. time, but if you look at the behavior, it... <laughs> It is it's unbelievable. <laughs> strange.
1: Well, all I can focus on is that fabulous green suit that she's wearing oh. courtesy of Edith <laughs> <laughs>
0: and That doesn't Edith head suit and she wears she it. She looks
1: phenomenal and her hair is done up in the bouffant.
0: And it's a great suit. And she's a house. beautiful woman. She is. That's her behavior. first movie. That's, that's a beautiful
1: a first,
3: woman. That's her first movie. And it's incredible.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a movie that I would love to delve into deeper, and hopefully we'll be able to do that at some point, because there's a lot to discuss with this movie, but...
1: There is a lot of... I think weird is a fantastic word for this movie. It is. is.
0: It's a
3: very, uh... David Lynch. I wonder if David Lynch was very... Because it feels very Lynchian. The townspeople all quirky and and, and funny. I mean, there's a lot of humor.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of style to it. A
3: lot of style, a lot of humor, a lot of, like, horror, but a lot of, uh... Rod Taylor's great in it Jessica mm-hmm. Dandy mm-hmm. Susan Plusette as a school teacher
0: Suzanne oh, Who I would go on To the Bob Newhart yeah. show Which she's best known But she's terrific In this movie She looks as... like Audrey Horne in it And actually <laughs> In a haircut in Oh you can probably Feel Twin Peaks All over oh, this yeah, movie yeah, It's, yeah. it's yes, undeniable yeah. Small town uh-huh. Weird things are yeah. happening I, I think his reputation is growing too, because I think more and more people are discovering that there's more to this movie than just the bird attacks. You know, yeah. which is
1: you know, which is funny because until I we watched this a few years ago, Birds was never really one of my favorites, and it isn't on my list today. Um, when I think about all, you know, all the Hitchcock movies, but, but yeah, it actually has grown on me more because I am picking up on these little nuances more than I did when I was a high schooler, you know, yeah. when I was in high school, I saw this movie and I'm like, this is fake, these cheesy birds breaking into this house, hitting, yeah. flying into things, it just seems stupid,
2: mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it does. Uh, on the, on the, on the, on the, the outside, yeah. it seemed
1: kind of stupid um, and unrealistic, but now as an adult, you know, it's... There's there's a campiness to it. Yeah, it's
3: like a cheesy really rom-com. Like. In the yeah. beginning, you know. Yeah. And uh, and
1: then the whole idea that these birds attacking the town it's and there's
3: just, no no
0: reason. No rhyme or reason. Yeah, yeah exactly. It yeah,
1: it just happens.
0: I have a feeling this movie's is going to even move up. More and more, as years go by, for me, because I just think uh, it's fantastic. Tippi Hedron's outstanding in this; I know. she's yeah. she's right up there with Grace Kelly, even Marie Saint or any Rod of the Taylor's others. Rod Taylor's good. I mean, it's, oh, it's, he's fantastic yeah. too. Rod Taylor, uh, Jessica Tandy as the mother. Yeah. is probably many people consider the central character of the movie. Yeah, she's great. They, they yeah. think that maybe the birds are motivated by her emotions towards oh, Tippi Hedren. That's that's, that's a theory. And this also includes one of my favorite lines of all time because I, I watched it recently. <laughs> it's by the, the the little sister of of Rod Taylor's character. Well, well, I movie. always think I always get tricked into thinking that's that's his daughter, but it's his daughter. I do too. That's how weird this movie is because <laughs> the the mother kind of looks like the girlfriend, and he he and his. The, 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 you think it's the daughter, but it's actually a sister. It's just, everything's kind of. Weird, quietly warped in, yeah, in the way this. He visits his mother. It's like this
1: island is its own little island. Yeah. He,
0: he visits his overbearing mother on the weekends. <laughs> uh, it's weird. But she has a great line where she's talking about the hoods in the city. Oh, yeah. And Jessica Tandy goes, uh, Whoa, everybody's entitled to, to justice yeah. based on our democracy. And this is what the daughter delivers. I know all about that democracy jazz, Mom. They're still hoods. <laughs> so I use that democracy jazz line constantly democracy now. Thank jazz. you, birds, for that beautiful gift.
1: You know, I can't... I'll have to look it up, but, but, but um, going back to North by Northwest, Cary Grant has a fantastic line when he's talking about how he can't die... This little dialogue and something and others. He's like, I have a bar. He's like, I've got a bunch of people that depend on me. I've got, I've got an ex-wife. I'm a-, a mother. Yeah. And a bartender, and this is Nat that depend on me. I can't die. <laughs>
2: something no, like that. That's it's really funny. Yeah, it's that's
1: really great. great. Yeah.
3: Well, my number three is is uh, a movie that's probably a movie that's kind of come into prominence like later years. um... Because it's kind of been re uh, seen is rope. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. And so it's actually a play on screen. That's yeah. the whole. That's the whole. The gimmick of the whole whole movie. Um, and and the, the the it's supposed to be like one single shot, but the there's a lot of hand fisted cuts to it. But uh, my favorite, my, I think it's one of Jimmy Stewart's best performances ever in this movie where he plays Rupert, the uh, the headmaster that comes in, and then uh, John Dahl is the other guy, mm-hmm. who is the most devilishly mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like aristocratic, it's the most aristocratic movie I've ever seen where these old like, rich guys just hanging out in the room and it's like,
0: discuss morality. Um, it's the 1% you're
3: watching. <laughs> the 1%. Sure. Talking about killing people, <laughs> killing lessers, you know. And, and uh, but it's just so, um, it's only an hour and 20 minutes, but it's... It's
1: its so intense. It's so intense, it's and then intense. Jimmy
3: Stewart is just coming in and just picking up, immediately picking apart their story, like, knowing exactly what was happening. And, um, just his interplay with all the guests when he comes into the scene. He doesn't come in until, like, 20, 30 minutes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but the acting's really great. Um, it's just... It's just it's just a movie I just love to watch because if you just want to watch just like great acting you know and there's not a lot it's one room and um, but it's definitely worth checking out I, I don't think it's it's probably more and more people are you know and people have different opinions on it based on you know they don't think it it says it's dispensable and I maybe it's not because you know, it's, it's got the it's got the weirdest death in the middle beginning of the movie when they choke in the guy and he screams. It's just weird looking. <laughs> <laughs> the death scene in the beginning is kind of strange.
0: That's but. kind of the charm of Hitchcock; <laughs>
3: everything is off the beat. Yeah, 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 even the deaths are off beat. It's, That's what I love about it strangling the guy. The guy. Um, but uh, the, you know, the discussions of philosophy and morality and stuff are very interesting. So I'm, um, um and it's it's part of the trilogy of Jimmy Stewart figuring out a murder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of them. Where Jimmy Stewart at the end of the movie like walks you through whatever happens which he, there's all these Hitchcock movies where Jimmy Stewart's character like figures something out and you know, like Vertigo and you know, rope, you know, rear window, all all those movies. So that's my third
2: favorite Hitchcock movie.
1: Well, before I go into my third, I found the fabulous quote. Roger Thornhill says in Cary Grant's voice. Now you listen to me. I'm an advertising man, not a red herring. I've got a job, a secretary, a mother, two ex-wives, and several bartenders that depend upon me, and I don't intend to disappoint them all by getting myself slightly killed.
0: <laughs> That's a great <laughs> line. That's a great it's line. It's so
1: fantastic. And, of course, with him delivering it, you know, yeah. he's so good.
0: Hey, hey, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm an advertising man. I did it as a mute. He <laughs> huh? did a generous well, yeah, thing.
2: Well, you know
1: how he does that.
2: Yeah. You know, hey, so hey, hey, hey.
1: hey. Um, uh, so one fun th- one thing I'm curious about, going back to the birds,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, so her character in that movie's name is Melanie. I wonder if that's why she named her daughter Melanie. Mm.
0: Ah, you know, that's an interesting. Daniels. I'm going to have to research that, because Melanie Griffith is, of course, Tippi Hedren's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, uh, watching that movie really made me appreciate Tippi Hedren so much more as an actress, because people... Maybe overlook. Sometimes when it, something looks effortless, you mm-hmm. take it for granted. And I think yeah. Tobey Hedren's acting in the Hitchcock movies. Mm-hmm. There's another film which is many people are mixed on. It's Marnie, Marnie.
2: Yeah. Uh, which mm-hmm. is
0: their second Hitchcock film. They did not get along, Tippy Hedren and Alfred Hitchcock. There's a lot of tension. Yeah, and, that was very. Uh, I think uh, there's documentaries. <laughs> oh yeah, there have been plenty of films documented about yeah. that relationship. But I will say that, on, at least on the creative end, she did a great job.
1: Absolutely! Oh, acting
0: in those films. Um, my, and, oh, go ahead. Oh, go right ahead with. Uh,
1: oh, I was going to say my third favorite probably doesn't doesn't garner any further discussion, but it would be to catch a thief. To
0: oh, a thief, yes,
3: yeah, that's a Tony movie. It's ever, such yeah,
1: a Tony yeah, movie. It is. So. I, I, in high school, that was one of my favorite movies again because it's so whimsical and romantic, and and um, of course Cary Grant and just the French Riviera. It's an escape. That movie is truly an escape with a little bit of mystery and fun in the mix, which is what I like. Um, yeah.
3: It's it's a it's a good put the movie on so in the stylish. Background. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. It's definitely it is it's funny you say that it's a very tony movie because in some ways I I think in in a lot of ways it shaped my style um for what I like in film and and who I am, you know, as a woman and and it, it's definitely very, had a, an influence on um on me for sure.
3: Makes you want to go to the French Riviera, for
2: sure. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that. Well,
1: you know, I also really liked how I liked... You know, Grace Kelly, I think this is one of the stronger characters that she ever played in a Hitchcock movie. But I like how she's independent and goes after what she wants. And she's very forward with Cary Grant. Her character in this movie is very forward. He even makes a comment about that. Um, You know, considering this is, what, the late 50s? Yes, yeah, mid-50s, yeah. Mid-50s, you know, she was very outspoken and brazen. And I've always... Fancied myself a woman like that, so
2: um, I, she I can rel- exactly, yeah, back,
1: yeah, I relate to that, you know. So, so uh, seeing this when I was a teenager, I, I, kind of identified, I think, with her character a little bit, minus the fact that I wasn't um, dripping rich. But um, I would
3: take care of Grant on the picnic. Totally,
2: <laughs> totally. I'd take him into the woods
1: and never let him go.
0: Um,
1: but no, it's just a fantastic, stylish film.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's. Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head, and I think it's probably why it ended up on all our lists in some way, is because it it, it epitomizes classic Hollywood. When you want to go to a dreamscape of Mm -hmm. classic Hollywood from the 1950s, this is one of those movies. You can put yeah. like many of your Audrey films would fit uh-huh. in that category, but this is you know Grace Kelly, Cary Grant, Technicolor, yeah. the Riviera, and it's directed by Hitchcock. It doesn't get and more classic costume, Hollywood costumes
1: by Edeka. Yes,
0: uh, it doesn't get more Hollywood. It
1: doesn't. Yeah, or it's more classic fabulous. Hollywood. It's so yeah. fabulous. It's got one of
0: the best cameos of Hitchcock on the bus.
3: Oh,
1: yeah, it does. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's mean, so
1: just a fantastic film.
0: It is. He he directed so many classics. Like, it's that's why it's so hard to even compile a list of five movies because it could change any minute. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad yeah. that that's like, the one yes. <laughs> that's hit all, all our lists. So. Yeah.
1: I also like Grace Kelly's playfulness in this movie, too. I think it's one of the movies that, that one of her only movies that we really ever.
2: She I, I, feel, be, I yeah. feel like
1: this is really, this is like getting a glimpse into who Grace Kelly herself was. They said she had a great sense of humor. Um, in this movie, I feel like we really get to see her shine as an actress. Well, I think one you know, of the criticisms
3: of the movie is that they think it it just rests too much on the charm of the actors. But I think that works. You know, yeah, that's I don't have any. complaints They charm about their way it. through it, yeah. but that's that's what you want to
2: see, right? Well,
1: you know, when I think about other Grace Kelly, other Grace Kelly and Hitchcock movies, you know, Dial M for Murder is a great movie. I, I yeah. recently rewatched that. It was her first movie that she did with Hitch. But she's very repressed in that movie. She, mm-hmm. She's sort of the blasé wife. This movie, Catch a Thief, she has a character. She's strong. She's independent. She has a sense of self. She's kind of one of the driving forces of the movie, not just a background wife. Mm-hmm. You know, even in Rear Window, which I'm sure we're all going to talk about shortly, <laughs> she, um, she takes the back seat to Jimmy Stewart. Yes. And she's sort of like an accessory in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, She's a great accessory and does her part well, and I think adds a lot of flavor to the movie. But this, To Catch a Thief, I feel like she really is the star.
0: Mm-hmm. I need to beat you on that one soon. <laughs> when we get to that movie, though. <laughs> uh, quietly. Quietly. But, uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, I agree with everything you said about To Catch a Thief, and, uh... Deadline for Murder. I have to revisit because yeah. it did not make my list. Yeah. I always felt that was the one Hitchcock movie that kind of relied too much on the gimmick versus the characters. But I'll have to revisit yeah. that, and because I think all of them improved for me over repeated mm-hmm. viewings. So mm-hmm. um.
2: it's
1: it's not bad. It's definitely you know it's interesting. I think, and I, Hitch would probably even say this himself. His movies definitely got better with age because of things like experience, production value you know just better quality and dialing for murder was an earlier movie um and it was it, it, i don't know if it was a stage play but it could easily be adapted into a stage play cuz it mostly stay it mostly is is set in their apartment
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know you don't really see any other shot any other sets really
2: yeah so
1: so it does have a little bit of that claustrophobic but but in a different way than than Rear Window like it works in Rear Window
0: yeah yeah, I'll have to revisit it and uh because I, I know I always enjoy watching any of of Hitch's movies on screen. The technical are mm-hmm. just bursts out from yeah. beneath you. So my third film, we actually covered on another top ten list uh last would be Psycho from 1960, oh. which is a beautifully constructed you know, we were talking earlier about his influence on horror mm-hmm. or how people associate with, with horror. Psycho is probably his first foray into, he kind of invented, I wouldn't say he invented it, because I think this movie is very much a Hitchcock film like the others, but it has a certain level of uh, brutal violence that the others didn't possess mm-hmm. on screen, and it kind of influenced filmmakers subsequently like John yeah. Carpenter like pretty much everybody that followed Hitchcock Yeah, to, in, in a way he kind of you know you know, kind of invented. I wouldn't say he invented it, but I think he inspired the slasher genre from this. I think that slasher films basically came of age because of Hitchcock. You know, he kind of moved horror films in a new direction. Yeah, and he had the twist. You know, which was
3: more of a. It wasn't like a plot twist. It was like a who you follow
2: a twist. You right. Mean, yeah.
1: Well, I think it was fitting that this movie. Was released, made, and released in 1960 because 1960 was a turning point in America in, America in general, mm-hmm. and I think this movie, this film, was a great precursor to the different to the changes that were going to come in cinema, in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really was in so many ways um, a pioneer into that 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 cinematic shift for sure, from that glossy to catch a thief mm-hmm. to. More homegrown, sort of gritty films, you know, like *The Graduate*. Yeah,
2: from, mm-hmm.
1: which was just a few years later.
2: Oh yeah. So it,
1: it really, to me, you know, *Psycho* was in many ways that that turning point.
0: You're absolutely right. The change. You know, I think it's jumpstarted the '60s in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and and it's amazing to me that that late in his career, Hitchcock, you know, *The Birds* was even after *Psycho*. Yeah. But this late into his career. Psycho's kind of a unique film in this catalog. It's a black and white film after black and white was no longer in vogue. He went for a cheaper look. I think he used a lot of the, t- the crew from his TV series, mm-hmm. which was still, again, in black and white, yeah. to make Psycho. Because I think he wanted a hands-in-the-dirt mm-hmm. take on this material. Which, well,
1: and, and black and white always makes things scarier.
0: It does. Because you can't yeah. see
1: the color, you know, that colorblind aspect of it always adds to the fear, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. It is just so beautiful. You can tell, like, almost, almost this I entire mean, just movie. just look at how
1: ominous this house looks, you know, yeah, in black it, and white, spell, yeah. versus if we saw the brown exterior in real-life color, you know? It's
0: beautiful. Look at that. I mean, it, it's gorgeous. We
1: all go a little mad sometimes. I mean, that's <laughs> such a fantastic quote. And then Anthony Perkins at the uh, end, oh. the way he looks when he's just got that smirk, that he really looks psycho.
0: He does. Yeah. Oh, and those owls in the background yeah. in that scene when he's talking uh-huh. with uh, Janet Leigh are, are always disturbing. You know, disturbing
1: Bernard, is a great word for this movie.
0: It is. It, it's it's very disturbing. Norman Bates is leaves an impact on you because unlike a lot of Hitchcock, you know, antagonists, Norman is deeply disturbed in a way that we haven't really hadn't really seen in and, movies at and that point. The, the
1: scariest part about Norman Bates is he has no motive. No, he has no really reason to kill. He, is he a psycho? He is.
2: Oh, yeah. That's why, yeah, exactly, a
1: exactly. Whereas the folks in Rope, you know, dial in for murder. There's always a reason that they want to kill that person. You know, this is—he's just a killer. He is. He. So that—that's.
0: He, he becomes—he's kind of a Batman villain in a way, like a, of I, the yeah. modern Batman villains that we know. Uh-huh. He kind of—he has
1: no reason. They draw from that, that character. It. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um or or any psychopathic character you watch Silence of the Lambs no doubt yep. they drew from mm-hmm. Psycho because uh, I think uh, I think the character is based on like was it Ed Gein
1: Ed Gein yeah or um
0: or maybe um.
1: He might have been based on a, on a, on a true, uh, serial.
0: Yeah, I'm at sure. That time.
1: Yeah.
0: I think it was Ed Gein, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, but I definitely knew he was driving for Blood Gein, Crime yeah, Stories. used to kill
1: pretty girls. Like, his yeah. whole thing was thanks to Patrick Bateman, I know this. <laughs> he used to say, you know, what would her, he always would wonder what women's, beautiful women's heads would look like on a stick?
0: Black, <laughs> it was black and white.
2: <laughs> black and white on a stick.
1: The other thing I love about Psycho, too, is that. It you know again where it was a pioneer in horror is you know the leading character who you think you're gonna bond with and connect with dies within the first like twenty minutes. She does. So that was a big thing too.
0: And it's it is tightly directed. Like you could tell that every scene was storyboarded. I think it's like his in terms of just pure direction moving from one scene where there's not an ounce of fat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is a movie unlike Vertigo. And I'm not. Yeah. That's not a critique of Vertigo. I think that's what's effective about Vertigo is it takes its time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of it's it's more like
1: that's <laughs> where I, I feel. You know, I, I after having talked to you guys about the birds, I definitely do see correlations with. With David Lynch's style and Alfred Hitchcock's, but for me, Vertigo is more closely to David Lynch yes. than I think The Birds would be, but we'll talk more about
0: yeah. that. <laughs> uh, I think Psycho is really goes more into the, the territory of people like John Carpenter. Yes, and, yeah. I do too. It's you know, more of a straightforward... Horror. Yeah. It, it, and,
1: and like Wes Craven, and, and yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: That tight, boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom, scare shots, you know, mm-hmm. like just all those jump shots, cuts, yeah. the editing... I, I think it kind of sets the stage you were for those. Set, you were talking
1: earlier about Bernard Herrmann, who was, was you know traditionally Hitchcock's composer um, for many of his films, and I mean the soundtrack to Psycho is among one of the greatest, yeah. probably Hollywood soundtracks of all time.
2: Absolutely!
0: Oh, absolutely! It has another great supporting cast: uh, Martin Balsam, who I love as the detective, yes. and. But every death has a unique.
2: Uh-huh. Th-
0: everybody dies in a unique way that you kind of yeah. remember well. Well, and
1: then the whole element with his mother.
0: Yeah, yeah it's. I mean, it's, it's
1: this is this is weird.
0: What a genius, man! Like, I'm just yeah. looking at this it's, like. It's,
1: yeah, a crazy dude, Norman Bates.
3: Well, my number two is is the birds.
1: Oh, Ah! Yeah.
3: So uh, yeah, I, I, you know. When I was doing my... I rewatched The Birds yesterday and I was trying to, like, you know, formulate what movies it were like. I was like, man, I really love this movie. And it's, uh, just the townspeople, uh... The, the, the creepiest thing is the way the birds squawk. Yeah. You know, like that. What? And it's fairly quiet and all you hear is a squawking, squawking, squawking. And it's just... It's just terrifying and unnerving, um, the whole time. And, um... We talked about how you know it could be like Twin Peaks based on it. Like mm-hmm. a small town with quirky people where horrible things are happening and, you know, Jaws. It <laughs> I mean, does have that yeah. Jaws element. Jaws element. Because you're on
1: that island. You are, yeah. Yeah, right, uh, t- yeah. 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 Mm-hmm.
3: I mean, the scene, one of my favorite scenes is when they're in the diner. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They're talking to that uh, bird. Or, or oncologist mm-hmm. or oncologist, I don't forget what in the it. diner. Yes, yeah, that's in the diner. Insane, and it's yeah. great. And one guy's like, "It's gone. It's gone." doing <laughs> this? And, um, people are complaining about their food, and they're getting scared because they are talking about the kids. And yeah, the special effects at the time were were you, you know were pretty good. Now they seem they can seem dated, but. It's
1: Like when the birds just fly into the house. But the best are
3: like when <laughs> she's on the bench and then you look back yeah. and you the bird. There's one bird and it cuts back and there's more birds. When she's by the school, waiting mm-hmm. outside the school, and they're singing that song. The school kids are singing that song. And, and then as, as as you see it more and more, there's more birds on the jungle gym. And it's they just, just keep coming. Scary. Then. And then they come and they attack the kids and they fly. There's that scene when the kids are running down the street and the birds. Yeah, are that trying. part's scary. Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, she then, says. This quote, I keep telling you, this isn't a few birds. These are gulls, crows, <laughs> swifts.
3: Yeah, it's just a bunch of birds off the. They're rocker. all
1: over. Yeah, I
3: know. It, it's it, like it, all
1: the birds came there instead of flying south for the winter.
0: That one scene, and it's probably one of the most famous scenes in the movie, when Tippi Hedren's attacked by the birds and that, in that darkened attic, room. Yeah. Oh, it, that is the story. Oh, the darkened room. It yeah, is effective, yeah. yeah. watching those, because you don't know when it's going to end. It just you keeps she, going. And you
1: don't know if she's going to die, yeah. And they no. cause
0: that, you know, they cause the gasoline to
3: explode, and they attack her in the phone booth, which is a famous scene. Yeah. And, and then... Uh,
1: her running, and they're all, like, biting her fantastic green she suit. She gets
0: this massacred by these She things. does. <laughs> unbelievably and massacred. And these are the last scene. scenes.
1: scary, that when they're all in the home Oh, when everybody's in like, that living room oh,
0: and yeah. they're trying
1: to board up the windows and member in the bird that's kind of when, all, when it really starts to get
0: and then when they suspense. drive her away oh, and all the birds yeah. are stand on the line,
1: and they're trying to run out of the house oh, yeah, yeah. They're just, being they're real... just being trapped in that house like that with the birds
0: It's uh, not only that but when they're trying to escape the house and the birds are all quiet yeah, yeah. that's scary too because yeah, you it's... don't know if they're going to attack just, them or just
3: not random, yeah. just random cause and... yeah but they're not like natural cause that he does he does like you're uh, like you can tell that they're fake fake bird noises, but it just makes it, because it's definitely like a string in- instrument that they do. But it's, it's, uh, it also has one of the best cameos of, of his where he walks out
0: with two dogs out of the pet shop. <laughs> that, that's great too. <laughs> it's, it's cheeky again, but, uh, um, I think one yeah. of the geniuses too is what you were talking about. It, they, they don't explain why the birds are attacking, yeah. and it, it's, it's the basics, it's a very simple, uncluttered directorial Mm -hmm. choice or even like a story choice it's like let's just let this play out let the viewers just think about how this happened
1: it's really like being in a nightmare
0: it is being trapped in a house
2: yeah it's like a nightmare you don't know
1: like why again why this is happening why it started when will it end
2: yeah
1: and you're yeah you're just trying to survive survive. yeah exactly All right, well, my second <laughs> my second favorite Hitchcock movie, I suspect, is both of your firsts, so I'll let you guys have a glory and talk more about it than I will, but it's Rear Window.
0: Uh, uh. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <Hitchcock's on.
2: laughs> See,
1: I could be de- a Hitchcock detective woman. Yeah. Um, yes, Rear Window. Um should we just t- wait and talk about it in oh, the next
0: round? So you go ahead and hear, you what, yeah, you you we'll about to take money. on it. Well,
1: I mean, you know, it, it's 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 such a great movie. When when you talk about, you know, I just joked about being a detective, but that's what I feel like when I'm watching this mm-hmm. movie. And I love that. I love being a detective and trying to piece things together. And 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 I think it's so neat that we're we're experiencing this with Jimmy Stewart's character. Um, in that we feel like we're trapped in that apartment with him, watching his neighbors, trying to piece everything and figure it all out together. Um, This movie's very intimate, Mm -hmm. and uh, it seems very realistic. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the type of thing that, could, unlike the birds, you know, it's something yeah. that really could happen. Mm-hmm. And, and at some point in our lives, we've, we've all probably lived in some sort of communal style living, whether that have been in college or in apartment communities or whatnot. So we can sort of relate to not really knowing your neighbors, you know, mm-hmm. who are these people that really live near to us it's, it's funny but
0: sometimes they earlier, ask for spoons I was just going <laughs>
2: to say earlier we're
1: going to edit this out so you guys aren't going to hear this part but earlier one of my new neighbors knocked on the door and asked to borrow a spoon and hey she could have who knows what she's going to do with the spoon right. um, but yeah there, there's that element of reality to it which I think is what makes it so fun and so great and I also do enjoy the suspense and the and, and the, the detective aspects of the film the clues and and the chase Mm -hmm. Um, We don't see that too much in Hitchcock movies in the way that we do in Rear Window.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And, of course, Jimmy Stewart.
2: Yeah.
1: Grace Kelly. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the actress that plays the nurse.
2: I think it's Thelma Ritter. She's great. Yeah, 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 she's fantastic,
1: too. It's a small cast, but a great cast. Um, And and it's just a... It's one of those kind of has you on the edge of your seat type movies. You get lost in it. Mm -hmm. And so it's just great, and it's obviously classic, classic (laughs) Hitchcock.
0: Well, Tony, I think you may be onto something when you (laughs) suspect that we may have that ranked. Uh, But before I get to that, I do have a number two, which we've also mentioned before, uh, and that would be Rope. Rope is my number two. Um, When I Rope, I was learned, like, when I was getting into Hitchcock, it was never highlighted the way Vertigo, mm-hmm. North by Northwest, mm-hmm. and those other movies were. But when I finally saw it, I was like, man, this is a great, underappreciated yeah, film. Yeah, it really is. Um, the Birds is underappreciated in a different way, because it, it was a huge hit, and but I think people expect that as, like, what I would call Hitchcock's junk food movie, because it yeah. has these birds attacking. It probably appeals more well, to horror it, fans. it's very and, campy.
1: I mean, really, yeah. The Birds is campy.
0: In, in, in a way that's
1: like it, Effective, in, in, yeah, in a yeah. great way that like Rocky Horror is campy, you know. It's, yeah. it's, I'm not. I'm not devaluing it's, it's, it. I'm just saying it's.
3: Yeah. I would say it's even more quirky than campy. Like it's. It's like the people are quirky. offbeat. Offbeat. Yeah. offbeat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: But I mean, of of any of Hitchcock's yeah. movies, this one, The Birds, is usually the fan favorite because of the camp. Like when you when you see people dressed up for Halloween, they're always to be hindering with fake girls. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, like, it's, that's when I yeah. think yeah. when I say it has a campy quality yes,
2: yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. It, it converts
0: yeah. that. I know exactly yeah. the, the effect it's had on pop culture. Yes. Um, and I discovered that I had deeper elements to it than, than I realized. Rope, I, th- it's just this understated film in a way compared to some of the others. It takes place in one location I like movies like that. It obviously was based on a a stage play, and it feels that way. Yes. Uh, And I I tend to, it seems like the Hitchcock movies that really resonate with me personally are ones that are in these more intimate settings that aren't necessarily on these big, broader landscapes. I don't think that's a critique against those movies. I just think, just for some reason, innately, I I like that intimacy, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. kind of that, where people are kind of together in one location, or it's a smaller group of people, and this movie is amazing. I, I think the two killers and two roommates in here, mm-hmm. in this movie, and their relationship is really fascinating. Because the biggest star doesn't come in until like maybe a third mm-hmm. into the film, which is Jimmy Stewart. Mm-hmm. And even though he's promoted as a star and you feel his impact as a star, he still acts wonderfully in this movie and as a part of the ensemble. He well, never feels like he's overshadowing no, anybody else. And
1: one of the great things about this movie is that, um, like you said... The intimate nature of it the the it's so subtle in so many ways the acting there's no need to overact and that could be this could be part because it is a stage production mm-hmm. so everything is very intentional you know when you have the two roommates the eye contact it's, yeah. it's the, again like rear window where you feel like it's a real life situation like that you could find yourself in
3: yeah and, un- unreal
1: un- unlike the burns you right. know uh-huh. There's a psycho it's, in
3: it, but he's
0: just not
1: exactly, a... yeah. It's someone you know. Yeah, you know, it's your neighbor. It's What's your his roommate. Name,
0: Brandon, or... Yeah, Brandon and Philip are the two yeah. roommates. Brandon Brandon's most psychotic. Guy. Yeah, Brandon's a psychotic, but a yeah. quiet. You know, like yeah. he's like, yeah. come on, Philip, <laughs> we agreed to do this. They're like Bert and Ernie, basically. They're like a one percent Bert and Ernie. But I love that performance. Uh, how, you, how this is the most
3: stuck up performance and the most elitist <laughs> performance I've ever seen. <laughs> well, uh, the, the, the Brandon uh, John Ball, where he's just like. Oh. It's like it just it, he, he he so has so much fun being the bad guy like you know it's
0: it's
2: Yeah.
0: He he does and, and the acting is fantastic in this movie yeah. especially with those two I mean the two That's actors not mean
1: just the subtle acting and it's very real like it,
0: it be, you're absolutely right. It it's beautiful yeah, that way, you know. And especially when it comes to just the three of them, when it's John Dahl, Farley Granger, who plays Philip, and Jimmy Stewart, when the three of them towards the end are just interacting about this. And Jimmy Stewart's revelation that all these things he was kind of flipping about in class, about killing someone, and how it could improve with society when it's actually been enacted, how terrified he is. (laughs) of the yeah. results. Like, okay, I went too far. <laughs> These guys took me literally, and they and they did it mm-hmm. because now Brandon's on the loose. And, you know... Yeah. It, yeah, he thinks he's a superior to everybody. Yeah, I mean, it, it really gets into psychological... weird psychological territory. But it's also a funny movie because they are so flippant about what they did. It's like a dark comedy. and And, you know, we love American Psycho. We've talked about American Psycho. I think... Brandon is the precursor to
1: Patrick Bateman.
0: Patrick Bateman, yeah, that kind of flippant. I'm killing somebody, but hey, that's what we do during <laughs> high society. It's not that's exact. True. It's not an exact comparison, but I, I think the, 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 the they're both almost satires of the upper class mm-hmm. and how they look down upon lower classes, how they mean nothing to them. Mm-hmm. The only people that really matter are the one percent. Well, and how it's, they just
1: how they feel like they are. um Untouchable.
0: Yeah. Like, yes. They can get away with yeah, the perfect murder. Yeah. Exactly. Larger than life.
1: Untouchable. Yeah.
0: The, the undercurrent is like we're rich white people. We can get away with anything. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's That's really. <laughs> and, I'm
1: <laughs> and, and
0: I'm okay. a man. And I'm a man. On top of, of that, yeah. yeah, I can do anything I want. Uh, yeah. It, it's also it's the ultimate narcissism and megalomania. You know that's yes. going on with Brandon. Uh, then, even though they both take part in, Brandon's the one who really enjoys what mm-hmm. he's doing and is ca- so callous about the happenings. Mm-hmm. So I think it's an absolutely brilliant movie. They they all are, but I put it number 2 cuz it keeps growing and growing where it's like, yeah, this is this is one of my favorite Hitchcock films for sure.
2: It is
1: a really great yeah. under underappreciated Hitchcock film. It is. Kind of like notorious in that way.
0: It is. It's in that, that <laughs> Cause same way. Because it's quieter.
1: Ballpark. It's quieter. Mm-hmm. And and that's why. And and it's not as glamorous as To Catch a Thief and Rear Window. And, you know, so people don't give mm-hmm. it as much attention.
0: I, I think the thing that we're realizing as we go through these lists is just the variety... The, the subtle variety in Hitchcock, they're all great films, mm-hmm. just a no matter what of what, you, what your mood is that day mm-hmm. or where you want to go, but there's there's so many classics in that, that filmography. Yeah, and you, you can watch uh,
3: Rope uh, on YouTube with Arabic uh, subtitles. Too. Oh, is
2: that what <laughs> you did? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> oh my god. So,
3: my number one oh. <laughs> is that for me movie
1: A Window in the Back?
3: Yeah, window. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's the honest trailer. No, yeah,
3: window. Yeah. Creeper. Another stocky movie. <laughs> another Jamie's another movie. Peeping,
1: Peeping Tom. That would be the honest Peeping trailer. That Peeping would be. Tom. It would, be.
3: That would be. Peeping Tom.
1: Uh, rear Window. Uh-huh.
3: Um, yeah, I just love this movie. I mean, it's mm-hmm. we've done it on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: Who did we do that with? A um, long time ago? Yeah, we did it a was couple it years ago. Yeah, yeah Frank? Frank. it was yeah, Frank. Yeah. Yeah. Frank, yeah. Yeah. Frank. Yeah. Yeah. Frank, yeah. Frank, Frank um
3: just a great movie um i love the set um i love it, it, it's a movie set it's a movie movie mm-hmm. like you feel like oh this is this is but it also a seems step. it also
1: plays out like a stage set too yeah yeah in my opinion yeah oh right? well, yeah absolutely absolutely
3: like you could easily, yeah.
1: this could easily you know
3: fully realize
1: yeah be flipped right onto a broadway stage
3: I mean, if I had neighbors like that, I'd be one.
0: Oh, absolutely.
3: Wouldn't we all be voyeuristic if we had neighbors like that? Mm-hmm. Big windows that you could see everything they did. <laughs> Which is not the way. They'd have curtains up and stuff. But, uh, um... It just...
1: I always felt so bad for Mrs. Longley Hearts. Yeah. yeah.
3: I did, too. I did, I love all the neighbors. Uh, uh, yeah. There. yeah. You don't know... You, uh-huh. Yeah, it's just like the dog coming down on the little thing. Yeah,
1: and the musician always playing the same song. And that's that's where the
3: cameo true. of Albert uh, Hitchcock is in the room. Blair. Yeah, he
0: is. He is in oh. that, that that scene.
3: But uh, yeah, it's Jimmy Stewart is. You know, Grace amazing. Kelly's
1: outfits in this movie, are yeah. to die for that black and white gown.
0: Yeah, and, uh, I love
1: it. And that suit that she wears with the green jacket. Oh and yeah, white, the white blouse.
0: That's that's also iconic. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're speaking my language. My gowns. <laughs> <laughs> <So. laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love gowns. I <laughs> you were starting. Sounds like oh. big gown. A oh, no, gown, big of, big gown. Shit out of
1: Do I even need to say <laughs> who did them?
0: No, no, it's it's, it's, it's clear, but uh, and her
1: nightgown is so beautiful. Which at the time that was a little racy in 1954 for her to be wearing a nightgown and to to, to give the assumption that she was staying the night with yeah. him that oh, night. Remember,
0: I know that was that uh-huh. was that was so weird. Since they were
1: not married, that was pretty risque. That no, is ris- risque. In
0: 1954.
3: That is yeah. risque. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's it's. it's Maybe my favorite Jimmy Stewart movie, um, which...
1: Have you seen Philadelphia Story? <laughs> I have,
3: with yeah. Ted Turner's cut- crayons. <laughs> I mean, you
1: know, Jimmy, St- well, Jimmy Stewart is so wonderful. I mean, God, uh, his repertoire. One of the best so
3: actors. Sure. I, I, think think watching,
1: I mean, you can't...
3: Watching a couple of Jimmy Stewart movies, just the fact that he... Um, just the way he can... He's a great speaker, you know, obviously. That he's got the... The Jimmy Stewart it's awesome, but just the way he acts, you can just read his face and know exactly mm-hmm. what he's thinking. It's just, yeah, he's just an amazing. I appreciate him more as I see him. I always appreciate him, but you, you to even get a greater appreciation for how good an actor he is, and as you, the more you watch him, especially in movies like Rope and Rear Window, where a lot of it's just quiet, you know, and Your vertigo, yeah, a lot of it's a sense of space, mm-hmm. just, just trying to figure out what's going on, which is what Hitchcock makes him do a lot. Is it's like what's going? Well, on? he
1: knew his strengths.
3: Yeah, they you did. know, he
1: knew that that Jimmy was when if he needed a good actor, he yeah. needed Jimmy. You know, uh, n- not to discredit Cary Grant in any way, shape, or form, because I think he's one of the best actors because he's so versatile. People don't know realize it. You know, but, but, but when he needed a glamour guy, he, like, inferred to catch-a-thief and with Bynum. Lots West. of dialogue, charm. Yeah, yeah. He, he went to Cary Grant, you know. So, so Hitch was smart in knowing um, what he needed from the people that he worked with.
3: Yeah, Jimmy Stewart's a, one of the best subtle actors mm-hmm. ever. You know, he's just brilliant.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Great transition into yeah. my favorite mm-hmm. Hitchcock movie, yeah. which would be Vertigo. Really, uh, yeah. With Jimmy Stewart and Miss Kim Novak. Um, the thing I love so much about Vertigo is it's like being in a dream, Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: I think to me, this is why it definitely, um, feels a lot like a David Lynch inspiration Mm -hmm. for that reason, because it's like being in this undescribable reality, um, this movie is so glossy and, and so dreamy that you're constantly wondering, am I awake or am I dreaming, you know, and there's so much, there's so much of the two worlds that sort of blend together, like with Madeline, you know, being this dream girl that really doesn't exist, and then when he falls in love with Kim Novak's, what was her name, Jane? I can't remember; it's escaped me. But her actual true self, mm-hmm, yeah. he wants to turn her back in. You know, and there's yeah. so, psychologically, there's so much going on here too, which I think is fascinating. Um, cinema, cinematically, it's gorgeous. San Francisco Bay. Oh, it yeah. doesn't get any prettier than that. It's amazing. Um, again, you know kudos to Metthena's head on the costume design. Mm-hmm. Yeah you know, the scene with the two of them where they share the kiss is just so beautiful and Bernard Herman's score, just everything sort of um, married together really beautifully. Um, and there is a darkness to this movie that I really like and it's not a happy ending.
3: Mm-hmm. And, um... I mean, Jimmy Stewart's not a... He's... He's... Even though he's the hero of the movie, he's... He's I a victim. He's a, yeah, he's, a, he's victim, a victim, yeah. But you, you, you don't like everything he does in the movie. No. You, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. No, he's a very human... He, he's... It, it's He's very human. Mm-hmm. Um but uh this movie's it's it's kind of like being a, like on a psychedelic trip. It's kind of mm-hmm. like being on a ride or being in a dream with someone. You're not really sure what's happening, why it's happening, is it real? Is it not real? Um you're just trying to sort of piece it all together. And it's it there's mystery and there's romance and there's suspense. Um and I and and it's just so different.
2: Mhm.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it leaves an impression
1: on you you can't yeah. forget about this movie when you've seen it
0: it's, it is a fantastic film it's not on my list not because of anything to do with the quality I think I've just been responding more and more to these maybe lesser known Hitchcock films but there's no question Vertigo was named the greatest movie of all time by the sight and sound list about roughly five years ago. That's one of the most mm-hmm. esteemed lists out there. I'm not an elitist where right? I think that is the end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. But I think it's interesting that it surpasses Kane with the critics as the greatest movie of all time.
1: I think it's because when you watch this movie, it's, it's entrancing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That is the best way to describe the movie, the music, the mood. You feel like you're in that... When you start seeing that spinning... You know, it, It's almost like you feel like you're in a trance. And and uh, it's a beautiful trance. It's romantic, and mm-hmm. for me anyway. And it's um, I don't know. It's just one of those movies that doesn't leave you. When it ends, you're still living it, and you're still thinking.
3: Well, my favorite. What? One of my favorite characters is Mitch. Mitch, she, yeah. Yeah, she's so great. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like you know halfway through the movie, yeah, she's like kind of forgotten for. But, yeah. But, but but she's she's a great character. Mm-hmm. You know. I think she has Tony Sacco's apartment in San Francisco. <laughs> painting.
0: <The> very well <laughs> could be could be true.
1: No, you know yeah. who has my apartment, <laughs> Auntie Mame, has my apartment. <laughs> Auntie Mame.
2: Um,
1: but, uh, yeah, it's just one of those movies, I think, that has an impact on a lot of people for many different reasons. It's very subjective. And because there is no real rhyme or reason, similar to The Birds, it's one of those movies that you're not sure why this is the way it is. I think that makes it even more memorable. Um, but uh, but from a cinematic standpoint, in terms of the camera angles, I mean, so much was invented yeah. from this movie. You know, the cla- I, I can't remember what they call it, but the classic faraway thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, the
0: zoom shots. Yeah, yeah that, that that's be... from
1: Ver I mean, there are so many things from a from a movie making standpoint that that would make this movie certainly rank high
0: you know as we all know i love the 1989 batman and that scenes in the cathedral when the joker's bringing Vale up to the bell tower yeah that's definitely taken from vertigo so many of that yes. because it's the same metropolis yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um i i i love vertigo i think vertigo is is a masterpiece as much as it's advertised to be and the wind agrees with me too mm-hmm. <laughs> um and i think uh It would have been like five years ago. Would have been in my top two. I think it's just I've been responding more to these recently. It's a recency bias. Oh my gosh,
1: no, no worries at all. I just, for me, Um, it's one of those movies that when I first saw it, it just touched something in me, and I never could forget about it. And and when something is lasting like that, and it has, and even now when I watch it, I recently, I tried to go see it at the Gateway a few Fridays ago, and it was sold out. uh, (laughs) So I had to come home and watch it myself, which was fine (laughs) because I have it on DVD. But even rewatching it again, I hadn't seen it in a while. Mm-hmm. It still has that. I really feel entranced is the best way to say it.
0: And I think, in a way, it, it, it's a testament to the movie, though. Like at the same time, you're frustrated you can't see it. But you're like, "Wow, I'm glad that movie's still attracting an audience that's paying money totally. to see it in the theater."
2: Both shows
1: they had a seven o'clock and a nine thirty that night. Both were sold out.
2: Ah,
1: that's um, and uh, no, but exactly, and there's a reason for that. I think because the impact and the lasting feeling that it has. With people, which in a lot of ways is why we love movies, right? Mm Because the way they make us feel and the way they make us think. And this movie, I think, does both of those things beautifully in a timeless way.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Um, You know, you have this overcast backdrop of San Francisco. And it's so dreamy and so timeless in that way. And a city like San Francisco is very timeless. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's just this movie is one of those movies that kind of sticks to you.
0: It does. I love the opening credits. It's one of the greatest by Saul Bass, mm-hmm. which he also did Psycho, and and I think North by Northwest, but it's one of the most entrancing, hypnotic mm-hmm. uh, opening sequences, and the Bernard Horn score is oh, amazing. It's
1: amazing. The Scene de Amor yeah. song is yeah. is. It's a dream. It's really like being in a dream, and I like being in dreams.
0: <laughs> it is. It's very much a dream. It influenced Batman, nineteen eighty nine, and the opening credit sequences. Because when I watched Vertigo, I'm like, "Oh, this looks familiar. Oh, I saw this in Batman." Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's not movie, the exact thing, but he can feel the influence. That, yeah, and um, and, 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 Burton,
1: and I love that this movie is so dark and yet romantic.
0: It is. Oh, that that scene when he uh, when she's finally back to the. Fully formed, oh, yes. dressed as the original lady, and
1: the, the green light.
0: Yeah, that's so haunting. You know, that's an image that stays with you. Haunting is a
1: fantastic word for this movie. It's very haunting.
0: It is. And Jimmy Stewart's disturbing in this movie. In yeah, a way. he like, really he's, is. He's You can
1: see him going crazy. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can see the stages of his obsession. Absolutely. Obsession. Take
0: off that bra. <laughs> 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 that's what he was going with it. You know, like. I uh,
1: mean, yeah, he was obsessed.
0: Yeah. So, speaking of Jimmy Stewart, to the shock of no one, <laughs> I picked for my number one, Rear Window, which not only is probably my favorite, well, it is my favorite Hitchcock film, but it's probably in my top five favorite movies of all time. I love Rear Window. We've covered it on the a, on a podcast before. I absolutely love the relationship between Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly. And one of my favorite scenes in any film is the conversation they're having about their relationship at the very beginning. The mm-hmm. dialogue is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never quite understood what Jimmy Stewart's holdup was with <laughs> <laughs> the situation. Uh, I kept thinking, like, dude, <laughs> you're, you're dating no, Grace you're, Kelly. Yeah. What the hell's wrong with you? Um, but that's, in, in all seriousness, that's what makes it so interesting is Jimmy Stewart. I always felt like he's, he's afraid of marriage in this film, and that's mm-hmm. the undercurrent that kind of drives it. Or maybe afraid of risk.
1: Well, the you know. thing, you know, it's interesting rewatching it again, talking about that. There was a part of me that felt a little bit bothered by his lack of respect for Grace Kelly's interests, and you know, he poo-poo's her fashion. Well, that's 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 her travel. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, you know, like that that did kind of bother me. And 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 I remembered watching it again. You know, as a thirty-something adult, saying, <laughs> "Girl, you deserve better." Like in that way, like you deserve a man that would want to be. Head over heels wanting to marry you, you wouldn't have to be begging him, and someone who would who would who would love that about you because that's a big part of you, you know, like that they love the fact that that you had such an interest in that.
0: And I always wonder, like, what drew her to him. That's what I mean. Yeah,
2: was it just
1: they dated for a long time, and now it was the point of expectation or convenience? That's sort of how I felt a little bit in the beginning, like. Um, Cause even at the end, and this is why I say it made me a little bit bothered. You know, when at the end she's got this Nature Journey magazine, and then tucked inside of it, she's got yeah. Vogue. Remember? Yeah. He falls asleep, and she puts the Nature she mag- does, and then yeah. she smiles and looks you Vogue. And while it's cheeky and cute, it's also a little bit sad. She's compromising who she is to be with him, and that bothered me as mm. an adult.
2: When yeah. Watching
1: it again, it kind of bothered me, and I thought, but hey, you know, that was of its time, 1954. Mm-hmm. That was your wife was supposed to be. Catering to all the men's needs, and that was the expectation exactly. then, that your wife was who you wanted her to be. Watching it in 2018 right. as an independent woman, it kind of made me a little bit sad.
0: Well, at least Jimmy Stewart in this movie isn't forcing her to dress like an old lover.
1: <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> that, very, might, even,
0: very that true. might even think about. We compare those two movies. It's like, He yeah, also
1: wasn't going crazy in this. Movie. No, he like, wasn't. Are no. um, teaching
0: students to kill inferior people? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of flaws in Jimmy Stewart's characters Now that I think about it, <laughs> he's encouraged people to kill. He's Forcing women to change into other women, <laughs> and uh, and then he just poo poo's Grace Kelly. Uh, but chauvinism is definitely something that's probably run run yeah. much. But I don't know—is Hitchcock commenting on? Because I don't know if we're supposed to think these guys are perfect anyway. I don't know if we're supposed to look no, at Jimmy Stewart in this movie and say we're, This is how I you think, should be I think I think
1: it was he was a man of his time. It's he the best was. Way to say it. And and the, and the whole dynamic with her compromising her interest for his was what women were expected to do in 1954. Yeah. That's really the bottom line, I feel like.
0: And she has to prove herself to him. That's what I mean. She has to, like you said, she, she has to go all the way out like, to why? be a hero.
1: Exactly. Why? And th- that's why when I watch it as an adult, I'm a little bit bothered because I'm thinking, girl, you are phenomenal. Yeah. You should have a man who loves the fact that you're independent and works at this fashion house and is everything you, that is about you. She was thoughtful and sweet and brought him dinner and spoiled him and... And she still kind of had to prove, earn her way to be his wife, and that's where I feel, from a maybe a feministic point of view, I felt a little bit sad for her character because she was phenomenal.
0: Yeah, she was. She as, was great just from as the she get-go. Was, exactly. Yeah. I wholeheartedly um, agree with that.
1: And um, and so that did make me, you know, just a little bit sad rewatching it as an adult. You know, when I watched it as a kid, I thought it was cheeky and cute and old-fashioned, and oh, she's she's showing him that she's this and that, you know, and. You know, having been the type of person that's never shied away from proving a point, Mm -hmm. I thought that that was respectable. You know, watching it, though, 15-plus years later made me a little bit sad.
0: Oh, yeah. Because I'm
1: just thinking, you know...
0: I can understand that. You know, I always found it compelling watching Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly as a couple to begin with Mm because it's just like, it's like every guy's dream because Jimmy Stewart's not a mad name idol. He's an everyman. Uh It's like today would be Tom Hanks dating the most beautiful actress out there. You know, they would be paired together on screen. I would be the equivalent of that today. Um, but it's so sophisticated and so beautifully written mm-hmm. on that element. And then I have to say, like Perry, um, Raymond Burr is, is mm-hmm. great. I almost called him Perry Mason. <laughs> Perry Mason. <laughs> Perry Mason is great in this movie. He he has limited amount of screen time, and it's always effective. His stares from across mm-hmm. the room. Mm-hmm. It's not scary as much as it's, it's menacing. Like, you know, yeah. like, I'm on to you uh, and I I don't know why he killed his wife in such a public... Well, I, I <laughs> love how Grace... I, I, and
1: this is such a true total woman. I love how Grace Kelly brings out the point about the handbag. Yeah. You know, you know, in only a way that a woman could. I think that that's perfect. I like that her character contributed, you know, to, to the story. Um, you know, again, that was all kind of part of the plot of her... Proving herself, but but I liked, and then she was the one that at the end went out on the limb and risked her life, and um, and uh, yeah, so so I maybe I take back a little bit what I said about you know to catch a thief. Although I do think she really was the star of that movie too. Jimmy Stewart, I think, still is the intended star of this movie, but I think her performance in it and the character and the way that she played it was really um, endearing. She's definitely someone. Who I think maybe wasn't intended to be so well liked, but because it was Grace Kelly playing it in the same way that I think Audrey could do it. Mm-hmm. you like you end up liking them and rooting for them, you know and and wanting them wanting them to come out on top.
0: I think the writing is so strong in the movie too. The script is so strong and the dialogue is so strong that every character means something in this mm-hmm. movie. It's not a one man show. Yeah. I always felt like this was Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly together. Against the and film, film a Ritter on top yeah. of that, they're like become a trio mm-hmm. against Raymond Burr from across yeah. the street. And look, the supporting cast is basically everybody in their apartment, and mm-hmm. we, we we see their stories unfold throughout mm-hmm. the movie, and they're all commenting on some parallel with mm-hmm. Jimmy Stewart and Grace Kelly's relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it's a beautiful in, in every sense of the word. It's beautifully rendered. Mm-hmm.
1: So it really is. Yeah, it's a great. It's 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 one of his best.
0: It is. It's my number one And apparently Scott's number one too We had a lot of crossover On this episode too I think Yeah I can't
1: say I'm surprised (laughs) No
0: Not at all Uh, Scott and I had Rear We all all Three of us had Rear window in the top two. And the catch a thief We all had We all had uh, Scott and I had the birds And rope And rope and what else? I think that might be the only... Uh, that, that's enough. That's enough to cover well, we had Vertigo. Uh, yeah, yeah. You I, guys had Vertigo. And then
1: I had Notorious... Um, North by
0: Northwest. I had Psycho. Yeah, I had Psycho on mine. And what so. did I have? I think I matched everybody with one of them. With one of them, yeah. Of course, none of us had Strangers on a Train or uh, Rebecca or, mm-hmm. you know... Yeah. Us. Or Marnie. Or Marnie.
1: I watched Marnie and it was <laughs> just painful. Yeah. It was really just a...
2: Sean Connery. Whatever
1: was happening in their personal relationship, Hitchcock and Tippi Hindren, it's it played out in that movie, and it was just painful to watch. Mm.
0: Well, you also have Sean Connery, too. <laughs> hey, uh, come, on, do- on, <laughs> come on, Marty.
1: Come on, Get on the horse, Marty. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: uh, that's enough for me to watch that movie again, with Sean Connery. Uh, so that's great. Yeah, we yeah. covered uh, our favorite Hitchcock movies. Yes. Um, do you guys have anything to plug that's coming up? Any shows or other...
3: Yeah, Plus. Just, uh,
0: check the Nest Theater I'll probably be
3: there on a Friday and second thir- second Fridays of the month at Cafe Caraback with Pocket Lit Improv if you're in Columbus for all that
1: I um I'm doing uh, I'm going to be I'm excited I'm going to be a part of an all girl sketch comedy show that's going to be on Thursday December 13th at Shadowbox at the um, Upfront Live Bistro I think is what it's called now uh. Um. It's going to be a whole bunch of fun, um, more details to come, but if you're in Columbus on December 13th, and you're looking for something neat to do, check us out over at Shadowbox. It should be fun. It's going to be myself, um, Sarah Booker-Greer, who's been a guest a couple of times, Sarah Store, who is a guest, uh, Sherry Evans, and um, my good friend Carolyn. Oh,
0: excellent. Carolyn and
1: Louis-Pierre
0: and uh continue to follow us on uh facebook and twitter and uh, yeah and
1: if you feel like we missed out on a hitchcock movie please comment on our facebook on um twitter um even on i don't know if you can comment on the podcast itself but feel free to let us know your thoughts um if you agree with our list if you disagree if you think we missed some some good
2: movies
0: Feel free to mention it if it comes up. And I'm sure it will because everybody has a different Hitchcock list, I'm sure. Uh, But thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you next time.
1: Happy Hitchcocktober.
0: Yeah, Hitchcocktober.
2: Bye. I'm, I'm generalizing. Oh, I see. Okay.
3: And he's not an army man either. Who?
0: Generalizing. Oh,
2: generalizing, (laughs) yeah. Oh.
3: You like all kinds of horror, don't you? Bad puns and... (laughs) Not bad puns.
2: Puns are the highest form of literature.